Why encounter? The reason why this evening and this night of prayer is called encounter is because a lot of people have never encountered or met or experienced the living person of Jesus Christ. And we're seeing the side effects of how when people do not experience, they do not encounter, and then share the living person of Jesus with others, we're seeing how that manifests itself in our world today. Do you know him? Have you ever met the living person of Jesus Christ? Unfortunately, more and more people are saying, I've never met the guy. I have no idea what you're talking about. And as we see that happening, we see more and more suicides, more and more depression rates, more and more drug overdoses, more and more, you name it, negative, negative, negative. And whose fault is that? Whose fault is it? It's our fault. We coming to Mass, we receive the sacraments, yet we're not experiencing and encountering the living person of Jesus. And I just want to speak briefly before I get into the main points of my homily tonight on why I believe you're seeing this manifestation of evil after Roe v. Wade was overturned. People are depressed. People hate themselves. So if someone is in that state, we know that the depression rates and the suicide rates have been increasing and increasing and increasing. So if someone doesn't love themselves, if they are depressed, why would they want to bring another person into this world? They wouldn't. Hence why the option of killing an innocent child rises. And a lot of people don't like talking about it, but the amount of abuse that children have experienced over the past 60, 70 years outside of the womb, once they were born, is much higher than any of us would ever imagine. But because there's so much shame, people don't talk about it. And then what happens is they repress it, and what happens is they get angry and confused, and we see it manifesting to, to, to this day. Especially we see the protests going on. So if someone has been abused, and if someone hates himself and they're depressed, it would make a little bit of sense to me. I'm trying to make sense of things. It'd make a little bit of sense to me to be pro-choice. If I have no desire to, 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 love, to be loved, or I don't even think I am loved. And, and the interesting thing, the antidote for all of that is the living person, the life-saving gospel of Jesus Christ. That he can redeem anything. Nothing is outside of his bounds but when you and I don't share the living person of Jesus with other people, or we don't even know that we're loved by him, we don't share that amazing love with other people, then the world's going to keep going the way it goes. But if we come to events like this, and we are formed in the gospel, we're informed of who Jesus is, we encounter him, we experience him, things change. And don't we all want change in the Christian sense? I hope your answer is yes. And so we hear in our gospel today, it says Jesus got into a boat, and the boat is always a symbol, is always a symbol 
of the church, the mystical body of Christ. And it says that his disciples followed him. That means they came by their free will. There's something so attractive, magnetic about the living person of Jesus that his disciples just had to be near him. But it says, in that moment, suddenly a storm came up on the sea so the boat was being swamped, or even some say, some say that it was being drowned by the waves. The water is a symbol of the instability of our world. So when you and I enter the church, it's not saying that if you become a Christian that life is going to get easier because you encounter the living person of Jesus. It's actually saying that Jesus wants to go to war with your fears. He wants to encounter you in your fears. Unless if you want to have Christianity without the cross, and then you see the results, we, well, let's just, let's just baptize them, and let's just send them the first communion without any encounter, and let's go down that track, and let's, oh, one day turn 16, let's just confirm them. That's Christianity without the cross. What we're encountering is Christianity with the, cro- with the cross, and as we see this, this overwhelming being swamped by the waves, Jesus is asleep. Bad theologians would say, Jesus doesn't care. That's impossible. Why is Jesus asleep amidst the storms? It's because Jesus is always in the bosom of his Father. He's totally and 100% aware of the love of the Father. And it isn't interesting that he's sleeping there. As the water is around him, looking like he's going to drown in that boat, he's sleeping. Question, how are you sleeping? Do you sleep well at night? Do you toss and turn? Do you feel the waves? Would you like better rest? Most of us say, I, I would love better rest in the evening. Well, then you got to cry out like all hell and ask the Lord, go shake him up, say, Lord, save us, we are perishing. And notice how Jesus says, why are you terrified? Do you not know who I am? You know that I'm God, right? Oh, you of little faith. Which means they don't believe enough. He's been doing miracles. But it says, then he got up, which means that the same word for resurrection. Jesus stands up in the middle of a storm. So I don't know if you've ever been on a boat where it's being tossed around, but one thing is not very easy to do is a stand. And it says he rebuked the sea and the winds. He rebukes it. It's the same word in the Greek when Jesus performs exorcisms, when he's pulling demons out of people. He's doing the same thing to the winds and the seas. And when Jesus rebukes, you have to imagine how loud he was yelling, there was a great calm. And I kind of wonder how many of us, why are we not allowing Jesus to rebuke the storms in our life, but allowing him to yell, to say, I'll take your depression away. I'll take the spirit of suicide away because I'm powerful and I can do that but I need you to cry out to me too. You must carry your cross. You must carry your end of the bargain because again, you followed me into the boat. Let him rebuke your addiction. Let him rebuke 
the darkness in your life. Let him rebuke the lukewarmness in your soul. So when we see the world as the way it's going right now, we actually want to do something about it. We can't just sit back anymore. Those days are over. You and I are going to be judged. Will you be proud of the life you lived? Or will you be thinking, gosh, I could have given it a lot more. But instead I lived in fear and I didn't allow you, Jesus, to rebuke my fear. I didn't allow you to come in and show me who you are. To calm all the storms in my mind, in my body, in my soul, and in all of those around me. Because when there was that great calm, there was a quiet after Jesus was yelling over the storm and and the apostles are seeing this happen and they are amazed. The first gift of the Holy Spirit is shock and awe, also known as fear of the Lord. They're so stupefied by how powerful he is, all they can imagine to say, all they can say is, what sort of man is this whom even the winds and the sea obey? They are dumbstruck at how powerful he is because Jesus is God and God is amazingly powerful and when he invokes his power over the sea because again he created it he takes the authority and the, with his authority he takes the fears away and there's a great calm and then you're able to rest the apostles were able to rest Because God is powerful. And so often you and I approach him as if he can't do anything. Well, Jesus, if you you, you could do this, could you please? Do you know who Jesus Christ is? Have you experienced the power of Jesus Christ? The one who raised dead people and is still doing it through his body, the church, to this day. The one who can cure cancer. The one who allowed blind people to see. Do we know who he is and are we allowing him to rebuke our fears? He needs permission. Because our God gives us free will. And when you and I see Jesus doing these things, and we, especially when he does them in us, and we allow him to go to war with the, the, the raging seas, the storms in our own lives, how can you not share that with people? How can you not share that with people? It's got to come out of you like a volcano of love, just this lava. It comes out of you, and it's, you, you can't contain it. You have to share it. And, and people feel that heat. They feel the love of Jesus, and it's magnetic. Eventually. That means that you and I must persevere. As we're called to do as, the same thing as Jesus did in our gospel today, as we're called to remain in the boat, remain in the church, we must follow him. But remember the words of Jesus, if you want to follow me, you must first deny yourself. And that shouldn't sound so shocking because we say it all the time in the Our Father, thy will be done. Like, do we really mean it? Do we really want the kingdom of God here? When we pray the Our Father, as we're about to in just a moment, we want his kingdom to go to war with the demons in our world and in ourselves. And our Father is extremely powerful. 
and he has the authority to calm the storms, to calm the winds in your life. But would you let him rebuke the demons that plague you of your past, of your sins? When you receive communion today, know that you are receiving that same Jesus either on your tongue or in, or in your hand. And when you go back to your pew, I really want to encourage you to give him permission to rebuke all that is ungodly in you and around you. And when you give him permission to do that, Just pay attention to how you feel afterwards. You'll know it's him, not if there's a little calm, but there's a great calm. And then you will sleep like you've never slept before because then Jesus is Lord. He's in control, and he is powerful, and he is all-loving, and he is all-merciful. What a gift it is to be Catholic. As our world's going through a storm, we have the God who controls the storms. Where are the storms in your life? What are the things that you need to stop battling and let Jesus battle for you? As we hear in Exodus 14, 14, you need only be still because I will fight for you because he loves you. And what we're called to do is to place those things that we're trying to control and place them on the altar. Place ourselves on the altar. And when the priest calls on the Holy Spirit, he's literally trying to change you too as he's praying for the bread and the wine, the change in the body and blood of Jesus, same for you. This is incredibly good news. If you let him, will you let him calm the storms? Will you let him go to war and fight for you? This is encounter. We are here to experience the God of the universe who loves us so we can help others do the same. Amen.